you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Explained is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's a brand new edition of the NFL Explained podcast. Mike Yam joined by Super Bowl champ. I have been having so much fun with you on these shows. Yeah, man. And Rob, in the saddle. You good? I'm excellent. My Buffalo Bills won week one. My rebuilt Seattle Seahawks won week one. So I'm pumped up. Of course. You, you should be. You have been <laughs> uh, the flag bearer for those squads on Total Access when I've been able to work with you. But look, at the end of the day, we are all huge NFL fans. And what we try to do on this podcast is really educate people around on different aspects of the game. Now, when you watch on a Sunday, there's so many things that are happening, even just away from football, that I think fans aren't always mm-hmm. aware of. you got stadium operations, broadcast teams are all watching the games, the technology around some of it. And Rob, though, I, I think there's another piece that doesn't get enough love when we talk about what actually happens on the football field. You were on the 53-man roster. You're not necessarily worried about your role. but <laughs> at, Well, maybe just a little bit. But look, at the end of the day, to get ready, we keep hearing this phrase, and it was big if anyone watched Hard Knocks with the Lions, you know, this idea of the practice squad. So today on the NFL Explained podcast, we're going to look at life on that practice squad. Paint the picture of what it's actually like for some of these players and the conversations behind the scenes about guys that do still need to help out their squad. Well, first of all, I want our listeners to understand the 53 guys or the 46, because that's what's actually eligible to play on game day, the 46 plus the third string quarterback, the 46 that go out there that you see on television every Sunday, there's a lot more that goes into that team taking the field than just those guys going to meetings and going on the practice field. There's a whole group of guys, the practice squad, that they're tasked with showing the squad the other team, meaning if you're trying to service your defense, right, the practice squad has to recreate the opponent's offense offense and do their plays, kind of be their players and give the starting defense a good look and vice versa, right? Scout defense, they have to be in the right defenses, the right shells, the right things that the players do. And these practice squad players, they're not only the the good teams, 
what they do with their practice squad players, they still use the same verbiage that they use in their schemes offensively and defensively. So you provide an element of cross training to it. But there hasn't been a Super Bowl champion team that's happened throughout history that hadn't had a practice squad. They're very important. You actually touched on something that's really important and something that we will dive deep into when you've mentioned verbiage. Now, you know, we did have our episode about play calling yes. and why that's significant. If you're on a practice squad, that doesn't mean you're going to be playing for that team. You might actually end up on another roster. There's some rules and regulations around mm-hmm. some of that stuff, which we'll get to coming up here on this podcast. But you touched on it. NFL roster, it's made up of 53 spots, but each team can have up to 16 other players on the practice squad. Now, that number is actually increased from 10 in 2020, and it was mm-hmm. in response to the pandemic, but it was voted on by the NFL and the NFLPA to keep those expanded rosters, which I think is actually kind of cool. It. Means some extra jobs and some less tough decisions for teams as they're trying to navigate some of those rosters. But right now, of the 16 players on the practice squad, six of them can have unlimited experience in the NFL, and 10 players need to have two or fewer accrued seasons in the league. In addition to all that, the NFL actually randomly selects a division each year whose team can each add one additional international player to their practice squad as part of the International Player Pathway Program. And currently, all four teams in the AFC South have added international players in accordance with the international program, but none have actually made the 53-man roster. To me, it is pretty cool. It's one of these big initiatives that the NFL has had, and it does open up the door to get some of these players who don't necessarily have that college experience and opportunity to really thrive and learn how to play. But how do these extra players, How do they help NFL teams? Well, I'm glad you explained how the practice squad rosters are made up. You know, 10 of those guys, 10 of the 16 are guys that uh, have been on NFL rosters for two or less years, right? That's a big deal. That's really what the practice squad is for is development. What was added was the six players with unlimited experience. And I say that's important because I got to a point in my career where I was no longer eligible for the practice squad. And if 16 guys or that extra six was added when I was, you know, thinking about retirement, I may still be playing yeah. because at the end of the day, practice squad ain't a terrible job. Like, it's not. Like, I tell people all the time, if your team is playing away, you may work three days that week. You come in Monday, you <laughs> You're watching the previous week's game, so you really didn't have much to do with that, you know, that that week game. So you're not looking at the film w- with that type of eye where you're evaluating yourself. So you may come in, get a lift, and then you go home. Tuesday is the player's day off. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday are those days that you work. And if the team is playing away, oftentimes they travel on Friday if they change time zones, and you don't travel. You stay at home. So you get paid. And I know we're going to go into how much these guys get paid every single week, but you're going to get paid X amount of dollars for three days of work. It's a pretty good gig. And for me, I was on that 53-man roster, and I was a fullback. And most rosters, if you have a fullback, it's only one. It's only one on the roster. So in days and weeks, especially late in the season, Mike, where, you know, Coach Carroll was trying to take care of us, right, where we weren't wearing pads as much, I knew I still had to I have a physical job. During the week, if I did not get my neck and my shoulders some type of contact, I would get a stinger on Sunday and it would totally mess my game up. And so we had a practice squad player. His name was Mike Morgan. Okay, he went to SC, played with Pete Carroll, always been on Pete Carroll's teams. But he was one of our practice squad guys. And this is what I loved about Mikey Moe. We called him Mikey Moe. Mike would be coming off the field and I would say, hey, Mike, look, man, 
I need you to go put on some pads, bro. Like, I know we just practiced for two hours. I know you're tired. You were on the show scout team for offense, the show scout team for defense. You're running on special teams, giving us a show. You are just as tired as I am. But I need to bang, man. I need I need this contact. Could you go in, put on your helmet and shoulder pads, and I need about 15 reps of us just running into each other a little bit. I know it sounds a little weird, but I played fullback. That was my job. And if I didn't have that during the week, I couldn't do my job on Sunday. So practice squad players are vital. And a lot, oftentimes the championship teams, the practice squad guys go above and beyond to make sure that their guys are ready to play on Sundays. Kind of fascinating to hear something like this because it almost sounds like a de facto coach. And hear me out on this because, you know, I spent a lot of time in my career also covering basketball. And you'd hear this where a basketball player would need to say to a coach like, hey, can we show up at 6 a.m.? Can you meet me at the gym? Yes. I need someone to rebound for me. And look, it's different because most coaches aren't going to strap it up. Some do look like they still <laughs> Mike can Singletary play. Mike Singletary did one yeah. time at practice. I will tell you about that on another episode. <laughs> I actually do want to hear that story. But that's that's pretty cool. How many of those guys actually embrace it? Because I got to think from a mental standpoint, most of these guys feel like, hey, I can really contribute. I should be playing on Sundays. And in a lot of ways, it's just about getting the dudes who are going to be playing ready. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to go and say names, but when I played for the San Francisco 49ers, it just showed a difference in the culture of the teams at the time. Now, this was back in, you know, the 2009, uh, 2008 seasons when I played for the San Francisco 49ers, got to the Seahawks in 2010. But when I was with the 49ers, we weren't a very good football team for four years. Every practice squad guy we got, you can tell they were just using the practice squad as a mode to get another job somewhere else. They didn't really want to be there. They wouldn't want to stay after. They wouldn't want to do the extra to get us ready. And then as a player, you don't want to say, hey, man, I'm going to go to the coach and tell the coach that you you don't want to do that. But at the end of the day, you sometimes you need practice squad guys to do a little bit extra. And, yeah, it's a testament to the cultures. And when I was in San Francisco before Coach Harbaugh got there, we had a losing culture. And practice squad guys didn't do the extra. When I got to Seattle, it was a testament to what John Snyder and, and the type of guys that John Snyder and Pete Carroll actually brought into the building there was never a guy that turned me down for the extra work. There was never a guy that I knew that turned Russell O'Kung or some of the offensive linemen down for extra work. So uh, clearly, and you alluded to it, these guys are are not doing it for free. They are being compensated. There's some rules and regulations around some of this stuff, which we'll get to. But you have any idea, M. Rob, uh, what some of those checks look like? No. Oh, OK, so when I played, I think a practice squad guy got about 90K. A year for the year, okay. you know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, so 90K for 16, 17 weeks and you're only working three days a week, man, that's a pretty good gig, bro. It's it's not <laughs> it's not bad. It's, it's good if you can get it, and especially if it leads to a job on a 53-man roster. So here's what we got for you. As far as the weekly paycheck, the CBA actually dictates a fixed amount of money for practice squad players, but salary guarantees, bonuses, and incentives are actually barred from being part of practice okay. squad contracts. We should note the salaries, by the way, the practice squad guys do not hit the team's salary salary cap. Rookies and second-year players who are on the 53-man roster for eight or fewer games 
as a rookie, actually received the same weekly pay. And for the 2022 season, that's $11,500 per week. Now, that's going to increase each year till 2030 when they could make $16,750 a week. Keep hearing about inflation. Wow. Yo, let's roll here. Man. So that means if a rookie or a player in their second year is on the practice squad for all 18 weeks of the NFL season, they'll make an annual salary of $207,000, which is really not chump change. That's not no. bad. That's some decent coin it's there. Not. No, I know it's not Aaron Rodgers' money, but the point is, like, that's still... You're, you're a professional player at that point. If you are a second-year player and that was on the 53-man roster for eight or more games as a rookie, the pay scale is a little different each week. There's a minimum and a maximum pay scale. In 2022, you can be paid a minimum of 15400 and up to 19900 a week. So it's a range really over the course of the year of 277000 to about 360000 So once again, mm. there's some cash to be made for some of it, these players. It is some cash to be made. And I, what I used to tell practice squad guys all the time is, look, bro, this is an opportunity for you to save your money and invest it, right? Two money principles, right? Save some of your money so that you have something for when you you, you never know when your last play is going to be in this league. So save a little bit of that money, invest it so you can grow it. Like there were times when I was just listening to what Larry Allen when I was in San Francisco, yeah. just listening to him talk to his financial people. And it helped, I ain't going to lie, it helped me get out of the 2008, 2009 financial crisis. It helped me thrive in that environment, just listening to Big Homie and what he was doing. So, I, again, save your money and also have an opportunity to grow it. How many guys did you play with that were understood that they probably weren't going to be playing on Sundays, but at the same time knew that they had some legs, right? Like they had an ability to be a practice squad player and just sort of embrace that and knew this is my path to to being successful and making some of those connections that you're talking about. The ones that you've seen in the National Football League actually make it from the practice squad, actually, you know, guys that don't get drafted, go to a practice squad, get on the active roster and never go back to the practice squad. The, the reason why they're like that is because they're cut a little bit differently. They're able to get on the practice squad, understand, look, this doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not good enough to play in the National Football League. Oftentimes, guys are on practice squad because of the guy in front of them making a lot more money. It's a business decision, but the team wants to keep you in their circumference of influence, so they put you on the practice squad. And the guys that are enthusiastic about it usually come off on the better side. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. Came into my office, 
opened my email and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to NFL Explains. Mike Ammon and Rob with you. M. Rob, I'm going to ask you to. We had just had an episode where we were talking about college players uh-huh. and more specifically which universities do the best job of creating NFL talent, which, by the way, is a must listen to episode. If you haven't, you can go <laughs> and check it out. I want you to flash back to your days at Penn State because I've been around this a lot and I think it is still one of the coolest things that happens in college football. And I think we have somewhat of an equivalent on the NFL side. You know that moment when a dude goes from non-scholarship walk-on to all of a sudden getting that scholarship and how the entire team erupts. I would imagine when a guy's been on the practice squad and all of a sudden gets that call from the general manager and he's got an opportunity, it's got to feel kind of similar, right? Yeah, man. Well, first of all, first of all, when a practice squad guy gets called up, the first thing, and again, our listeners have to understand, okay, oftentimes because of injury, because of the way that the NFL weeks go, Sometimes these guys don't find out until late in the week. (laughs) Sometimes they don't find out until a Thursday or Friday before a Sunday game. Yeah, they were taking reps through the week and they thought it was a chance, but the business of football happened. And so now they get their chance. First thing happens is they go straight to their locker. They get on their phone and they call a mom. <laughs> mom. <laughs> Guess I, what? Guess what? I know you've been watching our team every single week for the last 10 weeks. And you haven't seen me because I've been sitting next to you or I've been on the phone with you. But this week you go see me run out of that tunnel. I may not get a carry. I may not get a play, but I will be dressed up. I mean, And what happens is oftentimes in God's family, mama calls the cousins and the grandmamas. And you might have a thousand people now just from that one call, just from that call up from that player. You have a thousand people from one town 
watching the game. And to me, that's the beauty of our game. That's the beauty of football. So there's two ways to handle that. One, you silence your notifications on your phone <laughs> or you just walk around and you stick that phone up you in the air going, up, what's man? good? Come Keep on. it coming. Keep it coming. <laughs> there is also some financial incentive clearly uh-huh. from, from being elevated from the practice squad to the active roster. So keep this in mind here. Three times per regular season and an unlimited number of times in the postseason, any player who are elevated from a game, they get 117th of the minimum salary. You've got the okay. 17 games that you're going to be playing. Right, we can do the math, figure that out. Now, the rookie minimum salary for the 22 season is $705,000. So that, hold up. Is that for real? Yo, that is real. That's, that's the rookie minimum. Yeah. Do is. you know what the rookie minimum was? Like, what do you got? Oh, yeah. When I day. got in the, when I was in the league, $305,000. And guess what? When I first got to the San Francisco 49ers, the big team meeting room with all the veterans and stuff there, they acted like I got so much money. Like they acted like that. Oh, man, when I was a rookie, we only got a hundred and something thousand. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, bro, Larry Allen, man, you make 10 million. And you talking about my 200,000. Oh, man. 700,000, Mike. Well, Ooh. now you sound like the old man who says, get the ball off my <laughs> yeah. lawn. So just to be fair here, you sound exactly yes, like the vets do, do when they hear a number like that. So the, the $705,000, that comes out to about forty-one k when the game is over. So mm. that's, that's what your game check is, which is not bad. So there is some incentive there. I would imagine that... I would say plays with your head, but it's probably even more than that. Like, that's a huge chunk of change. I mean, there's people in this country that aren't making 41K, sadly, and trying to survive. You get that in the one game check, I'll sign me up. Sign me up. And again, like I said before, it's an opportunity for these guys to inject some capital into their life. To Again, I tell people all the time, when rookies first come into the NFL, that first signing bonus is for what you did in college. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really yeah. is. Uh, you haven't proved anything in the National Football League to get that extra money quite yet. And for a young guy that's been on the practice squad all year to get called up and be able to get this financial boost, man, it's pretty cool. man. Yeah. And I think the NFL does one thing that I think is really important for some of these practice squad players. And I think it incentivizes teams from sort of grooming their own players mm-hmm. is maybe the best way to think about it. A couple workarounds for teams who are trying to balance that 53-man roster. Now, teams can elevate up to two players from their practice squad to their active roster per week. That allows them to increase their roster size from 53 to 55. Get mm-hmm. that 41K, yeah. you know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> but, Rob, when the game is over, players automatically get reverted to the practice squad after getting elevated for that game. Now, teams can instead sign practice squad players to active roster contracts rather than elevate elevating them on a game-to-game basis. So this allows teams to keep their players on their active roster and eligible to play in games a little bit longer, but it also would subject players to waivers upon release, which is not the case with players who are simply elevated for a given game. That waiver wire game, once again, not to reference hard knocks, but I think that they do the best job of giving everyone a real-life glimpse of what this actually is. How many times have we seen, hey, we hope this guy is able to clear waivers so we can bring him back to the practice squad? And that conversation happens all the time. It happens all the time, and <laughs> it, it's easy for us, especially us here in the media and you know our fans, to sit and say, oh, man, you just got waived. They said they want you back. Just relax. You'll be fine. Well, first of all, there's a financial degradation there, okay? Yeah. I could be on the roster, but now I'm not. I'm on the practice squad. There's a little bit of difference of, uh, of pay there. But also, at the end of the day, as a player, in your mind, you think you're good enough to be on the active roster. You yeah. think you're good enough to, for this team to win games with. And I ain't going to lie, it is a little bit of a, 
a guy may feel like he's knocked down a little bit. Like, yeah. oh, man, I'm on the practice squad. But again, like I said before, the ones who take it in stride, the ones who understand that, look, this doesn't define me. This is just my situation temporarily. Those guys end up being successful. So it's a small fraternity of players that have been able to play in the NFL. These are really small circles, coaches who end up with one team and that coaching tree from various other spots. Mm-hmm. You know everyone's on the phone with each other. You know that there's preseason games where some of these players who don't make that active 53-man roster. They're on a practice squad, but they got film. Mm -hmm. So what happens when a guy goes down and all of a sudden you're in need? You might get a call as a practice squad player and get your shot. There are plenty of examples that M-Rob that I know you have. (laughs) Practice squad player to NFL stardom. We will unveil some of those names coming up next on the NFL Explained podcast. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. My name is Johnny B. Good. And I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Michael Robinson and Mike Yam with you back here on the NFL Explained podcast. Now, we touched on this a little bit earlier. Just because you're on the Bills practice squad one week doesn't mean you might be playing for, I don't know, the Chiefs in another Mm -hmm. week. Yeah, that potentially could happen. But there's some rules and regulations around stuff like that. Any practice squad player 
can get signed to another team's 53-man roster, but the CBA bans practice squad players from being signed with his team's next opponent later than 4 p.m. Eastern time on the sixth day prior to the game. And no full moon. Sorry, yeah, I, was about to say, that's, there, so. I was sitting there trying to stay with you. OK, OK, that's a lot, man. No, Very specific. It, it is. And and rightfully so, because even on bye weeks, there's some issues there. Right. Practice squad players must sign at least 10 days prior to the game. After a conference championship game, practice squad players on Super Bowl teams may not sign with their team's Super Bowl opponent. So if you're a practice squad player who signs to oh, another 53-man roster, yeah, yeah, they're guaranteed three weeks of salary, even if they are released before then. Yes, yeah, sign me up for that. <laughs> Why would a team go after another squad's practice player? Maybe, and it has nothing to do with need. Well, um, so I can equate it to, okay, I got cut from the San Francisco 49ers the last week of cuts after the fourth preseason game. That was when we had four preseason games, and it was only a week after the fourth preseason game to the regular season. I got cut on a Saturday. Okay, I had to clear waivers because nobody was going to pick up my rookie salary or sure. whatever. I cleared waivers, and then the Seattle Seahawks picked me up Sunday night, like Sunday after 4. I had to clear waivers after 24 hours. The first opponent for the Seattle Seahawks were the San Francisco 49ers. It was the weirdest thing ever. I had just led a stretch six days earlier against Patrick Willis and Tequila Spikes. Now I'm wearing a different helmet going up against them. And yams. It definitely was an advantage for the Seahawks. I literally stood up in the defensive meeting room with Gus Bradley, who he's the DC for the Colts, I think, right now. And I gave every signal. I gave every code word. I gave I literally was running practice as the DC telling them exactly what was going on. And I remember Coach Singletary, Mike Singletary, he was the San Francisco 49ers coach at the time. He had a press conference a couple of days after I got released, and he said, I don't care who Seattle has. They can know our entire offense. They still have to stop us. And then we went out there and beat them. <laughs> I say all that yeah. to say, you damn straight, it is a competitive advantage yeah. to bring somebody's practice squad guy in. They know the offense. They know the defense. They know the scheme. They know code words, hand signals, all of that. That's why you see, as you read earlier, the NFL put all those rules up so that you can't just go to your next opponent. Yeah, team. it's sort of fascinating to me because you even touched on this at the top of the show. You're in meetings. You're doing everything. You're doing everything as if you're preparing for the game. You're doing everything. And to me, if you have a quarterback that's on the practice, squad that's a very valuable dude i mean yeah. quarterbacks think a little differently and at the end of the day the practice squad quarterback is also in the regular quarterback meeting room hearing all the stuff that yeah. the starting quarterback is is hearing it's pretty it's pretty cool how many examples can you give when it's the reverse you were on the roster and the team that you were playing for said you know what I, by the way when you said like clear waivers you know what i'm thinking <laughs> like fantasy football during the week right I like know, you're man. sitting there staring at your screen on nfl <laughs> Uh -huh. between waivers so. and fantasy football and waivers and real football. Like all of us, you know, at home GMs, we know exactly what that experience is like. Please don't want to pick up this dude. Please don't want to pick up this dude. I need this guy for Sunday. No, no signals and inside information. But did that happen frequently when you were actually on the roster hearing what was coming your way? No, it didn't. It didn't necessarily. So you're saying if like we had a guy that we knew our opponent or somebody we were going to play in a couple of weeks took that guy off yeah. of our practice squad. Yeah, there were a couple of times. I can't necessarily remember where it made a difference because at the end of the day, especially when I was with the Seattle Seahawks, Pete 
he's a psychology major, man. Yeah. So he was one of those guys. He never really cared what the other team was doing. It was literally always about what we did. So we could have cared less yeah. what they knew. Uh, did you text Coach Singletary or call him after? I wanted to, but I wasn't that petty. I knew I was going to be in the media one day, and I knew I was going to have to keep that relationship with Coach Sing, even though, even though, and I, uh, he cut me. So you know, there's you know, there's something there. And we did a podcast a couple of years ago yeah. together, one of uh, a podcast on here on NFL Network, and uh, he kept it real. Yeah, Mike, I cut you. So what? What you going to do about it? And yeah. I'm like, nothing. It's all good, coach. Love you. <laughs> you know, uh, speaking of those cut situations, can I tell you how, and I would imagine if they went really bad, hard knocks mm-hmm. would steal. But over the years, just watching these dudes get cut, A, the amount of gratitude that they have for that experience yeah. and not, they don't, it doesn't come across like they're salty about it. Like, I'd be so pissed. Well, And I would be petty about it. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like, I would be friggin' <laughs> petty about it. What I've learned about the young person now, yeah. first of all, they they use the word love a little bit more than what yeah, we yeah. did in our generation. Yeah. They understand things. They accept everybody and who, who they are. Um, but these young people, you know, when I came into the league, we always wanted security. Security was obviously financially, but we also wanted long-term deals. Right? Yeah. We wanted to know I could be with this team for four or five years or whatever. These kids don't care. You know, they're okay with, I can play here this year, I can play there next year. You know, I, I help some schools in the recruiting process, and kids love to be recruited, the process of it. They don't necessarily yeah. like making a decision. Hmm. They like to be courted. They yeah. like to be flown places and all that. It's the same with practice squad players. Uh, kind of interesting. Now, earlier here on the podcast, I made reference to dudes who are practice squad players that all of a sudden found some success mm-hmm. uh, in the NFL. I got some names okay. for you. What's okay, what's up? Uh, James Harrison. That's a mean dude. It's a dude. It's he a broke, dude. almost broke my hip, Mike, at a Pro Bowl. Oh, you don't even hit like that at a Pro what, Bowl. What, it's like flag He's football. on kick return. I'm on kickoff. I'm jogging down. We hit a little bit or whatever. And I'm like, man, good job. He was like, yeah, good job, Ben Rob, man. I got a lot of respect for you. And he slapped me on my ass, bro, and my hip on my left side. bro. I, said, I almost couldn't play no more. I, I, he's that, that strong. strong. Seriously, bro. I'm not making that up. Okay, can, can I? <laughs> this is probably inside baseball. And I don't know if this is going to get added out of the podcast. I'm going to tell this story anyway. It it's reminds okay. me of what you and I just went through on Total Access. Jason Peters, another guy that yeah. also Two-tall was. Famer. Yeah, uh, Danny Woodhead, Tony Richardson, Rod Smith is wow. another name. I'll throw one your way, Arian Foster. Arian Foster. Dude might have been the best outside zone runner of this generation. I wow. mean, really. I mean, it was beautiful. It's poetry in motion. Oh, my goodness. That Gary Kubiak outside zone offense, it's literally what Kyle Shanahan and what they do now. Yeah. Arian Foster, as the general manager of Yammer's Boys, which yeah. was my fantasy squad, he he was he was <laughs> a dude that really helped me out in a big way. He's a Zen master, too. You know, he, I, I got Arian Foster. That's my guy. Hey, one other thing. I, I'm, And I don't know if I brought this. I probably should have brought this up because we were talking about compensation. You mentioned the guys that helped you out on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. Any like, did you guys do stuff? Because we always hear about you know quarterbacks like purchasing Rolexes for their offensive linemen, or you know, however stories like that. Anything come to mind? Well, we this? we would always if you had a practice squad guy in your group. So if we were running backs and we had an extra guy, an extra practice squad guy in our group, we would always take our fine money because I mean, as a runner, literally, if you take a six inch step 
when your toes are wrong, it's a $20 fine. Like if you fumble inside the 10 yard line, that's a critical fumble. Yeah, yeah, that's different than a fumble inside in between the tens. Like, it's crazy. It's five hundred dollars. When it's it's all if you if the guy you're blocking sacks the quarterback, that's another five hundred. So at the end of the year, this you know during Christmas time, this pot of money it's, it's a few grand. Okay, we would always take that money and have a boys' night out with my practice squad guy. Ask him what is it that you just gotta have for Christmas, whether it's a four wheeler, whatever the case may be, and we just go get it for him. If we didn't have a practice squad guy in our meeting room. Oftentimes, there's a practice squad guy in the offensive lineman room. Yeah. And so you go do that for that guy. Any memorable moment, guy's face just lights up. Like, because uh, we don't actually legit, I don't know if I've seen those on social media. Like, no. I feel like that'd be a good social media thing. Well, because a lot of times guys keep that in house yeah. because, it, again, this is the practice squad guy. People don't always understand how important they are to a championship team. That's why I'm glad we had this episode about it because. These guys get the starters ready. And so, you know, I don't I don't think they will post it. it. They may look at it as a negative. But at the end of the day, these guys get us right. Uh, I can't think of an individual necessary moment, but I think there was one in Seattle. I forget the offensive lineman name off the top of my head. He didn't play much after that year. I think it was during the 2011 season. Yeah. And we got him a four-wheeler. We wow. got him some bottles of champagne. And this dude thought that he had won the lottery. He cried and everything. He called his mom and whatever. And it was it was a pretty cool deal. That's awesome. Yeah, See, man. those are those moments, right? I mean, that's <laughs> that's, pretty that's cool. the equivalent of the you're you're on scholarship. There you go. That's there that's what that is. Uh, one last thing here, and you've experienced this. You're Super Bowl champ. You get in that ring. You're a practice squad guy. Do they get? the ring the short answer is yes Yes. they do get the ring the teams have the ability to give them rings of lesser value no man i don't know i know i know the super bowl 48 winners that we were everybody got the same ring and actually i was a part of the committee that pete put together to help design the ring and we actually you know that 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 subject came up and we actually was like oh hell no no, these it, guys are players like us. Yeah, and once again, that's the teams have the option. Not every team, to your point, yes. has to go down that path. Similar in appearance is the phrase that <laughs> that people would use. May, you know, cubic zirconium is that oh, like don't the face? Do that. Don't do them like, like that, man. No, you, no. You, you can't. You can't do it. You can't do it. Um, look, I know we've gotten some messages about this podcast. I have had an absolute blast doing it with you. It's been a yeah, ton man. of fun. fun uh, if you have some topics, some questions, I'm keeping tabs. I don't okay. know if you realize this, uh-huh. but anytime someone tweets me with a question i copy and paste it because we do these mailbag episodes every once in a while at real mike rob at mike underscore yam if you have a question fire it off to us we'll look we have a whole research team here you think i know all the stuff that i just said on this podcast (laughs) you kidding me no i don't i all your stories like that's that's your life so you got to go and do it but i always appreciate you guys following the show sharing the show and more importantly just checking us out whenever you can thanks for listening That, of course, is Life on the Practice Squad Explained. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.